Welcome back to the choir room for the final time in season six, as of course we are at the podcast of all podcasts of each season. It is the season six Glee Cap, where we are going to break down everything from season six, our overall thoughts about the season, about the characters, about the songs, the gold stars of it all, and uh, very excited to do so for this last season of the show. We have made it. We are here and it's time to break it all down. Of course, I am Matt, but as my co-host says, I am not alone. I am here with Aman Adwin. Aman, how are you doing today? I am Gucci. I feel like season six was probably the easiest set of songs that I was able to deduce to a top oh, ten. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it oh, has to yeah. do with the fact that there's <laughs> only 13 episodes. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has a lot to do with it. Uh, I, I made a commitment to myself at towards like the middle of the season. I was like, you know what? I can find the strength within myself to narrow it down to only a top 10. I don't need no top 20 for season six. Oh, it's like wow. this, the songs in this season are not It's not good enough. The growth of it all. Good for you. I mean, don't give don't give me too much credit, please, because like you said, 13 episodes. So uh, if there were another, uh, what is 22 minus 13? Uh, nine episodes, that's not math. Uh, maybe it is, yeah. Uh, yes, nine episodes is. in the season, <laughs> maybe I would have maybe I would have hit the, um, the, the 20, but whatever. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to it. So, but yeah, uh, we're at the end of season six. It is obviously a shorter season. It was the final season. They, uh, you know, we've, we talked about it back at the beginning of the season about how this was all going to work. It was a lot of goodbyes that we had to say, a lot of stories that needed to be wrapped up. And of course, we came back to McKinley to do it all. Um, actually, I do, of course, want to get into that. But uh, there's a Band-Aid that I've been waiting to rip off for uh, a week and change now. And I feel like we need to just do it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, No. <laughs> Should I? Tech issues, te- tech problems that I wanted to talk about here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's have some therapy. Let's talk about it. Uh, therapy is needed. Um, do you want to tell it from your perspective before I bore everybody with the details of my story? So we had uh, recorded episodes one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven for season six. Uh, you know, chugging along almost all the way to the end of the season. And then all of a sudden... Before we can record episode eight, which is with Rosie, as you guys all know by now, um, and she lives in Australia, so the scheduling there was just, you know, that was some, that was something. Matt texts <laughs> me and is like, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's gone. And yeah, he essentially lost everything. His computer just shut down on him for no given reason. And he tries to go and get it fixed get some of the shit recovered but no the only thing that he could find was episode one which i guess in the grand scheme of things is great so that we don't have to do all seven (laughs) but 
yeah, we ended up having to record two, three, four, five, six, seven, some of which had guests on them. So we had to reschedule all of our guests as well. So it was almost as if we recorded an entire season for 13 episodes. We... We essentially did, yeah. I feel like I've lived uh, three lives since we started season six. It was one fateful night on, uh, let me look at a calendar. What is today? Today is the 26th. So I think it was September 10th, I want to say. I'm pretty sure that was the date. It was a Thursday night watching a Big Brother recap, of course, for Rob as a podcast. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the podcast, I think Chappelle was in the middle of of a sentence and my computer just went... And I was like, excuse me? This computer is six months old. I got it right before we started this podcast. I think I got it in February. And all of a sudden, the screen went black, and it was like, uh, excuse me? I still have, uh, to this day, no actual theories as to why this all went down. Apple just, well, you have theories that Apple just shuts things off. But, like, this is a new model. This is a new computer. I got it this year. So, yeah, I just, it wouldn't turn on. Tried all the tricks. Contacted Apple. Essentially had to take it to a place. Brought it to the place. A lot of communication issues with this place that I brought it to. Essentially, like, days after I brought it in, the guy was like, you know, they they asked me if I wanted it backed up. Of course, I was like, of course I want my stuff backed up. I have six podcasts on there that, like an idiot, I did not yet transfer to my backup drive, which everything else is. So it's not like I lost everything, guys. Um, you know, every other podcast, every other uh, editing file and whatnot is all on my backup drive, except I had not yet backed up season six, at least most of it. So, yeah, Um of course, was panicking, freaking out. I got a call from them one day saying, uh, like like one of the days that they were working on the computer saying, yeah, we can't even back up your data. It's like impossible to get this out. There's a, a different way we can go about it by sending it to some other uh, venue that like works, specializes in like data extraction. Uh, it would cost you $1,350, yes. $1,350. And right. So, of course, I contacted Aman. I get I got in a group chat with our very amazing, incredible, lovely, uh, so thankful to these people, uh, guests from that time, uh, Matt and Martha and Grace. And I said, guys, I am having the worst time of my life here because I think these are gone uh, unless I pay this money, which I was like, honestly, I was not against. I was like. If that's what it takes to get this stuff back, I would do it. But uh, pretty much everybody involved talked me down or talked me out of it and was like, don't don't even think about paying that much money to get back a couple of podcasts that we can re-record. But like, guys, come on. I mean, like, like we, we've been doing this like so many times. Like we record not daily, almost daily. Um, I, we had so much of our guests time involved there. Like it was probably about 10 hours of recordings that I, that I figured were gone, uh, maybe even more. So I was panicking about it and didn't know what to do. Essentially, like I said, everybody kind of talked me out of paying that money. So I was like, you know what, just send it off to be fixed. And, you know, that pretty much was going to ensure that I lost my data. Um, so that's essentially what happened. My computer came back and it worked again. You know, Apple fixed it. It was under warranty. So I was all good on that end. But my data was not there. Um, a lot of things, you know, as far as my computer goes, like I, I did have almost everything else backed up. It was just those recent podcasts that I had not yet gone on there. I get iCloud. You don't have to, you know, message me a million things. I get it. I get it. I, I, I'm working on those uh, adjustments into life now. But as far as that all went, um, yeah. Uh, so we had finished episode seven. I went back on my uh, on my external hard drive and I found that I actually had backed up episode one. So uh, you will see on the calendar that I probably have already tweeted out by the time you're listening to this, the way that uh, we recorded all of this and then had to get back on track and just re-record these episodes so that we could A, get over the mental sh- uh, hurdle, at least that I was having, of I cannot believe that I'm making 
uh, Aman and all of these guests come back and do this again. And then B, the uh, just the factor that we had to like go through and like, if I don't know, you know, anybody out there uh, records podcasts uh, has ever done that before, but it's hard to be as authentic the second time around when you've already done this entire podcast. So it's yeah, it's tough, but I think we still made it work. Uh, at the end of each episode, one of us would say to the other, oh, I think that was better than the first time, which again, don't know if that was us just trying to make ourselves feel better. Maybe it worked. Maybe it didn't. But that's our story. So appreciate this season, bitches. <laughs> Moral of the story. <laughs> We worked very hard to get it out there and then get it out there again. And uh, so far, so good as, uh, you know, like as soon as all of those like first five episodes were recorded, I was like, okay, I'm posting these. I'm getting them up. Uh, Get them off my computer. Uh, The next five, get them up, get them out. And now these uh, last episodes, I'm excited to get out to you guys. But okay, so that's that. That's out of the way. And I've been wanting to get that off my chest. You know, we didn't want to mention it in every podcast. Oh, this is a re-record, But that's what happened. We're being honest uh, as as, uh, I'm sure you would expect us to be. Let's get into season six. Let's do right. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So just start from the top. What, uh, I, we talked, you know, on episode one about how we felt coming into season six. But now that we're done, we revisited it. How are you feeling about season six? Season six is an interesting season. Um, it's shortened. It's fast. Uh, there's lots of new characters that we barely get to sink our teeth into but it's like almost just enough for us to stay interested uh there's lots of great tribute episodes with some great music it's funny it's zany it's wild it's kind of like off the rails at times it's just season six is a wild ride and yeah i uh i enjoyed it a lot Mm -hmm. it's a wild ride i i don't quite you know I, I couldn't exactly tell you coming into it how i thought like it was going to stack up against the others because it also it, it just feels like its own era i think i've said this before uh, i'm almost positive that i have that it's like there's three eras to me there's seasons one two and three seasons four and five is like its own thing and then season six is its own thing it's uh it, it's just completely separate like not a spin-off a sen- i mean it's still the same characters and we're still in the same world and whatnot but uh taking such a, a switch from like bouncing all of these kids out of uh, the new directions just to come back and start completely fresh with not Will as the leader, with Rachel and Kurt as the leaders of of the new directions. And Blaine is back in New York. And like all of these characters took such a detour in their lives post season five. Everybody was, you know, doing their own thing. And then all of a sudden the world came crashing down over like the course of six months and everybody went back to Ohio to kind of reset and start over again. So, you know, it's a it's a welcomed I think it was a welcomed uh, setup there because I was happy to get back to Ohio. You know, Glee is at its best when it's in the halls of McKinley. Uh, We don't have to have the New York City debate. Uh, You know, again, I mean, I I always have said I enjoy it. Amon really enjoys it. Uh, It's just to me not the best that the show has to offer. Uh, If anything, it's probably the least best, but that still doesn't mean that I don't like it. Um, So, yeah, season six was a reset. We were able to spend a lot more time back at home. and, And home was a real, I feel like, a big theme of this episode about, like, all of them coming home together. They, you know, episode two is homecoming. Um, and it's all about like how at the end of the day, they're always coming back to Ohio. That's where they're always going to be, you know, with each other. And even all the way down to episode 13 at the very end, they come back five years after it all and they sing that song together. And it's all about home. It is all about home. It is like a gigantic homecoming for almost everyone in the uh, on the show. And I think I agree. I think 
Glee, you know, it does have that charm when it's just at McKinley with the new directions. They're fighting for a chance to fighting for their existence, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, yeah, it was it was a return to form, but it wasn't just like a retread of everything else. It was, you know, the all the circumstances had changed. You know, you you got Rachel running the Glee Club. You got uh, Mr. Shu running another one. Blaine running another one. Kurt is there along for the (laughs) ride. And. It was just, uh, I just, I, I pre, and I think I talked about it a lot during the the first episode. I just appreciated just how much of a reprisal that we were getting, but the writers were like totally in on the joke with us. They're like, we know that we're like doing the exact same thing that we did before, but we're trying to add our own little last minute flair to it. So, and Sue this season, Sue this season was fantastic. It was some crazy shit that she got into, but I think overall, this was a fantastic season for her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will certainly get into uh, all about Sue when we get to the uh, st- the gold star ratings because you you know if you listened that she uh, made her way up there a couple of different times. Um, so yeah, a very heavy Sue season, and you know again they just brought us back to uh, true form here of everything in regards to what we what we were getting used to for all those seasons of the new directions competing having having those stakes where it was like you know you could go a couple of episodes with uh, you know themed episodes and the lesson of the week or whatever, but then eventually you had to work. Your way up to sectionals and you know they didn't have time in this season to go show us regionals and show us nationals but we ended up seeing that they did win nationals you know with the time jump uh so at at the very least we got a full sectionals one last new directions sectionals performance that uh whenever we go through you know the season four through six songs we can add into those rankings there or maybe you know the overall rankings i'm sure from the whole show of uh of new directions set list but yeah a lot a lot to talk about some new characters here plenty of old ones making their return um so we will get into that. But first, of course, I want to start off with just talking about our overall slushy ratings for the season and how it stacks up, you know, against other seasons and then like specific episodes. Um, as far as it stacks up against other seasons, it's this is like a tricky one because I'll tell you that, first of all, to the surprise or maybe not the surprise, uh, it was surprising to me that for the first time in six seasons, my overall rating was one tenth lower than Amon's for the season. Amon, you were at a uh, 1.3 overall slushy rating for 13 episodes, and I was at a 1.2. I think so. Some of these episodes, well, I think, I wonder how much the last episode, how many episodes did I grade more harshly than you this season? Um, A couple. I'm looking, I'll look at it now. You graded uh, harsher than me in episode five, The Hurt Locker Part Two. You graded harsher than me in episode nine, Child Star, in episode 12, and episode 13. And I think I only graded uh, harsher than you in like two or three. Interesting. Yeah, uh, a different uh, <laughs> a pace here, a different, a uh, little bit of a change for our usual grading, whatever. But yeah, I remember the last I two I graded harder, but I couldn't remember the other ones. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I think I was, I think I was just like, I think I have a feeling about endings, guys. You got to stick the landing, and I enjoyed season six, but I don't know if they stuck the landing everywhere. So that kind of makes sense. I believe that, uh, you know, the f- finality of it all leaves us with, in terms of slushy rating specifically, and once again, I'll, I'll put this by saying, like, that doesn't, this doesn't necessarily, I don't think, you know, tell us the exact, like, this, this isn't definitive of 
these are our favorite seasons in this exact order. This is just based on the specific episodes and the ratings we gave them. Also based on the the changing of the scale that essentially, you know, must have taken place since season one. I listened back recently uh, to an episode in season one. It was season one, episode seven. And I was sitting there talking about how much I love this episode. It's been my favorite episode so far. I loved everything about it. And I still gave it one slushy. I was like, why did I do that? If I loved it so much, why didn't I give it zero? Why didn't I give it a half a slushy? And I was like, okay, we were on such a different scale back then. So, uh, you know, with that all in mind, uh, season one does ultimately end up finishing with the highest slushy ratings of you with a 1.4, me with a 1.6. So it does end up up there, but keep that note there because I do think it's important into, into all of that. Um, so season one ends up being the highest rating or, or the worst rating, I guess, whatever you would call it. Season five, uh, ends up being the next worst for me. Season six ends up being the next worst for you. And then, so that's, that's in fifth place in fourth place. It's, uh, the opposite of that. It would be season six for me, season five for you. And then after that, it is both of us have season four, I might even be doing that wrong. Hmm, I might have said that wrong. Okay, reset. Reset. I'm scared to say this. I don't even, kind of I weird. I didn't put this in my I didn't put this in my notes, so I'm doing it off the fly. Okay. Best season. Let me start with that way. I don't know why I'm doing it backwards. The best season for both of us was season three in terms of ratings. You gave it a 0. 0.86 <laughs> average. Mine was a 0. 0.9. I love season two. <laughs> comes in next as you rated it slightly higher, 0. 0.9. I was like a 1.0 there. Then comes season four for you, tied with season five. You gave both of those a 1.2. And then season six, you gave a 1.3. Season one, you gave a 1.4. So that was you. You were three, two, four, and five tied, uh, six, one. Oh my goodness. People are going to kill me for that <laughs> again I, I really don't think it's like indicative of uh our overall thoughts it's just you know the the specific episodes and how we, we rated them so mine was three two six four and five also tied and then one so yeah details schmitels but that's where that's at if anybody cares but yeah, if these were actual ratings, people would just like throw a fit with us because a lot of people widely regard season one as the best season. I don't, but I also don't think that it's the lat. I don't think it's the worst season either. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and you know, there's a. I also still in my mind like to split up season five into like two parts because if you did that, then I have you know the first part of season five much higher in my ratings, and then season uh, five part two essentially would. Consider uh, I, I would love consider the, the New York the era. Part. You hate her. Hate her. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, so that's that. Let's let's look at the individual episodes though. Uh, before we get into the gold stars, uh, we had two episodes each uh, this season that we gave a combined zero slushies to, which was not the case in season five. But this season we had two episodes that both ended up with zero total slushies. Do you know what they are off the top of your head? In this season. Um, yes. Oh, what are they? I should remember this because we didn't have a lot. I think it was wedding. Episode? A wedding was a one. Wedding. We, uh... And was it the premiere? No, close. Second one. Little uh, 
Yeah, episode two, Homecoming. We had a lot of love for there as the alumni returned back uh, in episode two. We had some great music in that episode. Uh, We had Matt was on there, and he also gave it a zero slushies. So a lot of fun was had uh, in that area. And then, of course, the wedding, which um, I'm curious to see what people are going to respond to that, if they agree with the zero slushies on that or not. it just ultimately came down to it. It was a beautiful wedding for the big you know, ass my two favorite characters. gay wedding. Like the final like right? uniting of two couples that we've been watching for so long. Like how could you slushy it? And then you sprinkle in fucking Ken Jeong and Jennifer Coolidge in there. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and Sugar Mata. And Sugar Mata. Right. And then fucking so. Tina proposing to Mike and getting denied. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's perfection. It's a standout for sure. Uh, followed by, uh, fo- those, those both had a combined zero slushy and we, uh, f- next down on the list, episode one and episode three, loser like me and jagged little tapestry. Both of us gave, uh, both of those episodes a half slushy. So they were very close to being perfect, but not quite there. So, uh, that sounds about right. I know, yeah, uh, episode love, three, we had a lot of fun with Martha. Yeah. Jagged little tapestry is yeah. Fantastic episode. And and fun funny things that uh, now I'm I'm not uh, sad to bring up, but uh, the as we were re-recording, if anybody cares, uh, some of the things that we do at the end of the podcast actually changed a little bit. I remember for Jagged Little Tapestry, you gave it a zero the first time around, and then you switched to a half slushy the second time we recorded. Yeah, I uh, I I think I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like I had more time to like digest more things and nitpick. Probably because I mean I I love the episode, but I guess the on the second time around, I was just like. Hmm, this is kind of weird here. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So, yeah, just like that—that that final switch that clicks, whether or not it's perfect or not. Sometimes you just need that to to, to click, and if it doesn't, you know, it's a half slushy. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, number uh, the the episode that comes in right after that is uh, episode six, "What the World Needs Now," which got a one and a half slushy combined. You what gave it a half slushy. Uh, you're a big fan of that. Needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just do little love. Oh, I love that episode so much. The music in that episode is just so good. <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah, so I, I gave that one one. You gave that a half. Uh, the next two episodes in line, I might as well just keep swinging all the way down here. Uh, episode 7, Transitioning, and Episode uh, 11, We Built This Glee Club. Both of us enjoyed it. We just gave them the episode one slushy each, so, you know, still a pretty good rating. Going all the way down, uh, we had episode 10 next. Episode 10, The Rise and Fall of Sue Sylvester. Also, episode 12, 2009, both got two and a half combined slushies. So, you know, not Mm -hmm. bad, not the worst. Just, uh, you know, could be worse. Uh, Followed by Child Star, episode 9, which got three and a half (laughs) slushies. And then down at the bottom of the list, we have episode 5, The Hurt Locker Part 2, with four and a half slushies. The finale, Dreams Come True, with five and a half slushies, and the worst episode of the season, The Hurt Locker Part 1, with six and a half slushies, <laughs> and I'm not surprised about that. Not surprised at all. We were really critical about both parts of The Hurt Locker, so that does not surprise me. And it saddens me that the finale is placed so low, but it deserves it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I have a hard time disagreeing overall, especially like looking at the rest of the episodes here to, to see that one down towards the bottom. It just, you know, felt us left us feeling a little bit disappointed. And uh, that's sad to say. Also, the Hurt Locker part one. I'm pretty sure I gave it four slushies the entire uh, the first time around. But then when we rewatched it, I can tell that both of us didn't hate it as much as we did the first time around. I think both of us actually went down a half a slushy rating. So it almost yeah. was like. I think it was uh, so. We, it was six and a half on this time it was, around. It was I think it was Stockholm seven and a half. syndrome. We were falling in love with our <laughs> with our captor. I guess so. The second time we watched it, we were like, "Oh wow, this is crazy!" But <laughs> this actually but isn't I that bad. <laughs> the first time we watched it, honestly, you know, like that's like the one podcast that I would say that the one that out of the ones we lost, that maybe it's a good thing we lost it because it was maybe similar to Shooting Star, where we were just like, "What did we just watch?" We were like, going in on it. Yeah, we were like, "Fuck." this shit fuck the writers fuck lee like it was so we strange. were not having it i also feel like the more we talk about these lost podcasts people are going to be like disappointed that they're not hearing all of these takes that we're talking about but if there's anything if there was anything significant i promise we worked it back into the uh donate to the, to the paypal episodes. we'll dig them up and release them <laughs> please if you would donate to the paypal i would have been able to get the 1350 uh, to get those episodes <laughs> off true we're, we're lucky if we've uh, been able to cover the cost of the feed so far, but uh, that's okay. No shade. I appreciate anything that anyone said. <laughs> um, so that's that's pretty much it for the slushy ratings for season six. Uh, one of these days we're going to sit down and we'll talk about slushy ratings for like overall and our overall rankings and whatnot. Just, you know, quick, easy podcast to send off your way uh, when the time comes and when we are just looking for something easy to do. Uh, so let's talk some gold stars. Because there were only 13 episodes, still a decent amount of stars that uh, went around here in this season. And of course, uh, once we are done talking about the season six stars, we will update you on the overall rankings of the Glee Gold stars and let you know who finished on the top and the bottom. Um, probably not too much of a mystery when you get towards the top, nope. if you've been paying attention, but we'll get to that in due time. So as far as this season goes, I'm looking at the list here because on this uh, little document that we have going on, you know, there's a lot of characters who get zero stars, but are they all even really significant in the season? I would say the ones that stand out to me that did not get any stars this season, but were in this season. I'll start with Tina Cohen Chang. Let's oh, uh, follow up. Let's follow up on that. You made that statement at the end of season five that she would not get another star to bring her into the double digit stars. And you were correct. She's <laughs> finally she's she's sitting with a final count of nine stars. Oh, poor Tina. I mean, if I made that call, I remember. Oh, I remember making that call now. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can understand why. I mean, there was really nothing in season six for her. Like this, like she was the quintessential supporting character in season six. So uh, it makes me sad, but you know, it is what it is. It's not our fault. It's the writer's fault. <laughs> Do love Tina, and uh, I'm excited to uh, to talk about her and uh, her character, her arc, and all that stuff when we get there. But as far as season six goes, not a whole lot to uh, to comment on. She came back. She proposed to Mike. That was fun, and that was it. Uh, with with a little bit of uh, fun with with Becky early on in the season. But the other main character among the there's a main character from our core group of season six characters that did not get a star in season six and i am not surprised and i doubt you will be either but blaine <laughs> anderson was kept off the board baby back bitch i mean 
look, I mean, is there anything that really needs to be said? The guy just, his shining moment was getting back with Kurt. That was it. That was it. And, you know, when Sue, like, kind of, like, drags him in the series finale saying, like, Blaine, I still don't really get you. I'm like, you know what, Sue? I don't either. They don't think they ever really landed with Blaine's character. It was always an extension of Kurt, which, fine, like, I'm not that mad about, you know, Kurt being the forefront of this relationship in terms of the show. But, yeah, just to his detriment, we never really, uh, especially this season, like, it was kind of hard to, like, relate to him because I feel like we were more on Kurt's side of things than his. So Mm -hmm. he was a bit, he was a bit of a, not an antagonist this season, but like, I forget the technical term for someone that's not an antagonist, but that's not the protagonist either. There's a term for it. The agonist. Agonist. There it is. (laughs) Wait, I totally made that up. What do you mean? It's not agonist. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was like, it's like, no, it's not. I was like, I didn't just shoot that. Agonist is a word though. It's a medical term, but no, it's not. Somebody who call, causes agony? No, an agonist is like, it's like a, a drug or a hormone or something that like assists with something else. All right. I totally knew that. Um, <laughs> we can talk about Kurt here as well. Uh, well, well, let's let's uh, do our claim kickoff again here, which I feel like we did at the uh, season five as well. Maybe um, the the ceiling for uh, stars in this season was only the the people that got the most that were at the top got four stars. So you know it's a, a shorter season. Getting that many stars would be uh, a, a big feat in its own anyway. So anybody who even got one star this season, I think you know props to you for getting there. So Kurt uh, did a uh, did get his one star which was given by me in the premiere episode and funny enough it was given by me because of the way that he finally broke up with Blaine um uh, that I do remember that he finally ended things where when they needed to be ended and he was mature about it and he moved on and Blaine also moved on into Karofsky's arms but uh Blaine did not end up with a single star this season like I mentioned uh, I think in the recap or I don't know I mentioned it recently that it, it did feel like he took a back seat this season he was just kind of like there he sang some songs he had some fun with the warblers but overall we did not track his journey uh we of course tracked the two of their journeys as we you know he was off with karofsky and and kurt was doing his thing with walter and the next thing you know they're married and that's how this is going to shake out for clean here so as far as like individual blaine story goes yeah there wasn't really much to sink your teeth in uh it was just a lot about the couple and yeah kurt gets the kurt gets the star for a reason that uh, is not even pro clean but it's fine um so that's that that's uh that's how things shook out with them and uh i'm, I'm excited I'm, i don't want to say this for each character but i'm excited to get to all of the character studies <laughs> and, and talk about all of them individually but uh that's that's how it goes for them in season six so any uh, final thoughts on Kurt as well? Unless you already got them all out. Um. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Kurt got married this season. He got his. He got his boo back. Um. He helped Rachel with the Glee Club. And yeah. <laughs> and he was. And he was like so under utilized not underutilized like so underappreciated is what i was going for there um it's all thank you rachel for for getting the glee club back together and thank you will for coming in at the very end and getting the glee club back together but this was like kurt's work study remember also that's why he got the star in episode one because he was the only one who had a shit together he was in ohio on uh, not a work study like on part of his college thing that was going on was like him coming back to or maybe i don't fucking know what it's called um coming back to ohio to work in the new directions and that was part of his college stuff going on uh so he actually knew what he was doing with himself uh yeah. and by the end of the That's season he couldn't it's get like, any stars it's like the only goal that he had was getting back together with blaine like everything else in his life was yeah. fine you know he just was here to get yeah. blaine and to help rachel 
That was it. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, uh, did we even get enough resolution as to, like, you know, him... Like, did he get enough thanks at the end? Yeah, Rachel and Will did, but did people... Uh, like, uh, the only time that I can remember anyone thanking him for being there and for helping them all the way through was Roderick saying, thank you, Mrs. Barry and Mr. Hummel for believing in us at Invitationals. <laughs> of course, it's yeah. Roderick that says it. Yeah, I mean, right. I feel like maybe it's because we spent so much time with Kurt early on in the series that towards the end it was like, okay, what else do we have to do for this guy <laughs> other than get him back with the guy that he's been looking for all series long, so... So that is uh, that is clean for this season. Uh, so that's that was uh, it on the people that you know were kind of significant stars in the season that got zero. I mean, actually, I don't know if that's true. Um, maybe we'll think of more characters along the way that also didn't make it to the starboard. Um, let's talk about the new kids because. We have, uh, of course, a handful of them, and some of them made it onto the gold starboard. We had May, uh, Mason McCarthy, who finished with actually two gold stars, yes. while his fellow New Directions members, Jane Roderick and Madison, of course, his sister, all only got one. Spencer did not land on the board at all. So there is another character that was a significant part of this season that never made his way to the Gold Stars. Not surprising uh, at all, especially given the way he started the season. And then by the time he came around and, you know, started to uh, maybe show the better sides of himself, there was too much else going on. So Spencer never made his way to get a Gold Star. But we have one for Jane, one for Roderick, one for Ma- uh, Madison, and then two for Mason. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, Mason. <laughs> I want to break free. Oh, I love his voice. Um, so that's not surprising at all. Yeah, Spencer. I mean, Spencer's a dick. Like, why the fuck would we give him any gold stars? Like, he was a dick. Then he wasn't a dick. And then he was a douchebag to to Roderick. And then he wasn't. And then he got a boyfriend. That's his story. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we have said a couple times, but I'll say it again. Love the new kids here. This core group, I mean, uh, Myron and uh, and Alistair aside, who of course also don't make it to the gold star board, but they were only in like two episodes. As far as the uh, these these four kids that were with us from the start, uh, and, and you know, Kitty's here as well. We'll get to her in a second, but uh, I I like them. I like them all. Jane coming in from uh, from the Warblers that did not want her. Roderick is just has a great voice. Um, not a whole lot of character development uh, or anything on him aside from like anything uh but he's got a great voice <laughs> and the twins were just a lot of fun so ride, I, uh, I was sally, ride. mustang sally i'm i'm sad that we don't know the future of the mason and jane relationship if there was going to be anything from that no they're together hard to say definitively yeah so are quinn and rachel no you can like no they're literally together like in the in the finale during the scene in the beginning with mr shoe he's singing to the kids like you can see them holding hands like they're together. Hmm. I will have to go back and look because that is not something that was uh, that and I they hold hands would have been aware before of. that too. Like at the at nationals, you see the two of them holding hands. I guess I wasn't looking for it, but <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. I'll, I'll believe you. Um, sure, sounds good. So uh, Madison, I guess, let go of the uh, the leash a little bit, and Mason is uh, happy with Jane. Sounds good. Awesome. Mason is um, down with the swirl, yo. That means I have a chance. 
<laughs> do you? Do you do? Uh, come on over to Long Island. We'll see how this all goes. Uh, Billy Lewis Jr. somewhere out here. I don't know where. But so yeah, uh, we really need to touch a whole lot on Spencer, and uh, and I'm not even gonna bring up Alistair as if there's anything significant to talk about there. But I mean, uh, I guess cool to have uh, Phineas here, uh, Billy Lord's brother, of course, make his way to Glee. Uh, that's probably significant to a lot more people than myself. But um, it's cool, cool. And uh, Spencer, I'm a big fan of Marshall Williams, the actor. Um, I think he's pretty cool, pretty great. But the, Spen- uh, the Spencer characters, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not much, uh, you know, we, we uh, dissected most of his scenes along the way and uh, probably got out most of our thoughts throughout yeah, we, uh, that time. We gave him the business this season. <laughs> We gave him the business. Um, let's uh, let's briefly touch on here uh, Becky and Daryl because Daryl did make his way to the gold star board. So if we want to kind of give him some love right here, uh, one gold star for him, and then of course uh, the uh, other half of that relationship, Becky Jackson, in her in the final season here, still managed to uh, find two gold stars along the way. So love to see that. And uh, I I love Becky. I love her relationship with Sue. We'll talk about Sue in a little bit. And I love the fact that, you know, it was, uh, you know, going back to even the Hurt Locker or no, she was here for like she was here so much. I mean, she goes to school, but she was still in Ohio, like as much as anybody else was. Uh, She came back at around homecoming. She had, uh, you know, introduced her boyfriend to everybody. And we went through all of that with Daryl and saying, like, what are you guys being so bothered about this for? Like. Becky and I might have sex. Yes, she's a normal person. She's allowed to have sex. We're allowed to do anything normal couples do. And everyone was like, yeah, go off, King. So he was great there. And uh, and then we get that Becky, you know, of course, the, she's like the whole reason that the rise and fall of Sue Sylvester happens. And then, uh, of course, we get that very quick reunion and embrace in the finale. So that was fun. <laughs> Question is still like so creepy. Let's just cut to the chase. You having sex with Becky? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like oh so strange so strange but yeah daryl was nice he was like a nice little uh breath of fresh air um when it comes to becky relationships because we only really see her with sue you know and helping her out with her dastardly deeds so it was nice to see her in love and becky becky had a lot to do this season um with sue and everything and and daryl and it was yeah i I'm, i'm glad that we we got a lot of becky content this season so Mm-hmm. Love our queen. Uh, Becky, of course, didn't start off the show like, you know, as a like out in front. She wasn't in season one at all. She was in season two, but didn't get any stars just yet. And then ever since then, season three, four, five and six, she's been very consistent, getting two stars apiece every season along the way to uh, finish with eight stars. And we'll see how that stacks up against everybody else. But uh, love to see it for uh, for Becky Jackson there. Uh, who else do we have here? We have, uh, you know, a couple of, uh, quick appearances throughout the season, uh, people that are not as significant to the story. Of course, uh, let's do some Quinn and Artie catching up who both ended with one gold star in the season. Quinn got the one for me during homecoming because uh, I just loved having all of the alumni there and she made me smile the most during that episode. Uh, if, if nothing else, remember that little giggle that her and Sam shared as they were leaving that, uh, that mini Trump club uh, in the, uh, <laughs> in the school. And then uh, Artie is getting a star for also for me. He got that star for me in 2009 uh, as I was appreciative of the way that he was talking about Finn and basically turned everybody's opinions around on him when they were like, he's a dumb jock that, you know, he's going to bully us just like everybody else does. And Artie was like, no, actually, he's he's 
seems to be a nice guy. He, you know, he walked me home. Uh, he, you know, told my mom about what happened and apologized on behalf of the football team and all that kind of stuff. And then next thing you know, they're in the auditorium singing Don't Stop Believing." So um, that was where Artie's came from. And yeah, any uh, any season six quick thoughts on Quinn and Artie? Oh, Quinn, queen of never getting enough. And Artie, yeah, was left in the background in comparison with all the other characters, which is kind of strange to me. I mean, he's always kind of left in the background. But, like, we we went from New York, where he was, like, highlighted again, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, oh, yeah, like, it was Artie without Tina there. And to go from that to season six was a bit jarring. If, like, if you're an Artie fan, Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, what the fuck? But, um... I know. I guess I mean if season one, if season six is like a return to form, I guess it it's par for the course because he really wasn't around that much in season one either. So, mm-hmm. and we know both of these characters end games. I mean Quinn uh, with with Puck, as far as we know, and Artie gets that little uh, scene in in the year twenty twenty as he seems to be with Tina, and they're off in New York uh, directing and being, uh, you know, T- Artie the director, Tina the actor uh, are living their life together. So. Glad to see everybody's happy on that front, at the very least. Uh, what else? We've got... Um, we have one more person that only got one gold star, but I don't want to talk about them just yet, so I'll swing back around. Uh, let's talk about, really quick, uh, Kitty. Any th- uh, thoughts on Kitty here, who did end up getting two gold stars from us back in The Hurt Locker Part 2, as uh, she pulled off that whole uh, plan with Rachel. Kitty is my new head bitch. I always think about that line whenever I think about Kitty. Um, yeah, I mean... Every time it's hard to talk about Kitty because every time I talk about Kitty, I'm like, why the hell is no one else here with her? It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's just like, why are Jake, why is Jake gone? Why is Marley gone? Even though I don't even give a shit about Marley, I'm still like, why? Like, it's it's hard to imagine Kitty there with no one to like make fun of except like the McCarthy twins, you know what I mean? But Kitty was really not, she was not, she was a wounded bird this this season like she did not have like as much snark because of the heartbreak that she went through so it was kind of interesting to see her grow so much this season without any of the friends that she'd made previously so it was kind Mm -hmm. of like a nice change of pace for her yeah, just for her to be included at all, I think, uh, is, is a good thing, of course, to keep Becca Tobin around, I thought was a good choice. She is uh, one of the, one of the you know, a great pick, of course, to become that new head cheerio in the Glee Club after Quinn and Brittany and Santana are all uh, off graduated and whatnot. So I love Kitty uh, once we get to know her and once she, you know, stops uh, being the awful bitch that she is early in season four. And she, you know, I mean, she still can have that cutting, uh, cunning edge to her, but uh, the fact that she, you know, kind of lets her walls down, opens up in the season to let Rachel know that, yeah, I really do enjoy um, singing and dancing and I want to be back with a glee club, but it broke my heart when it fell apart last time and I'm not afraid to, I'm not ready to have that happen again. And then in this season, she comes by and she takes the lead and, you know, she takes, as Rachel said, the, the glee club needs a head bitch and Kitty, that's you. So she takes charge. She uh, stands up and, you know, uh, jumps in whenever it seems like Rachel needs uh, you know a little hand uh, getting everybody you know together on the same page that cute moment at the end where Kitty's like I think we need to put all the trophies in there together and smiles over to Rachel like hmm the world is rooting for Rachel and uh, and Quinn but hmm maybe Rachel and Kitty okay I won't go there um, especially since Kitty's probably underage still anyway yeah. um, <laughs> so that's that 
that is that is Kitty. That is uh, the wrapped. The, that, that that's a wrap on these uh, younger kids here. So now all we have left are, of course, our alumni and some of the adults. Uh, I guess we'll just start towards the bottom with you know this guy only got one gold star, which a little surprising to me because of how much he was kind of in it, but also similar to Blaine. It was like the action wasn't exactly about Sam Evans. It was, you know, he was there and he was with Rachel and he was on, you know, doing the football stuff while coach beast was off, you know, where he was, uh, you know, taking care of some stuff. And Sam jumps in there. Sam's around a lot, but I only uh, he only made it to the gold star board board once. It was for me in episode seven in transitioning when Coach Beast came back to the school and we uh, we had a lot of love and appreciation for Sam as he was like you know doing his best to get everything right, get the pronouns right, and uh, make Sheldon feel welcome and back at home, just like you know he's back hanging out with the, with his uh, with his coworkers with his friends. Yeah, I mean you kind of said it all. Sam is not, I mean like he's around, but it's to support Rachel, you know, like and. He has, like, his, he, like, he starts off with this really cool job that he's excited about, and then he ends with this really cool job that he's excited about. So that's kind of, like, his his whole progression throughout, you know, mm-hmm. re- help repair Rachel Berry's heart. That's all he did this season. Yeah. He had a lot of a lot of songs uh, along the way, a lot of duets with Rachel, a couple of solos, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we were able to get our last glimpses of Sam Sadie's, so... You know, that flash forward saw that he had a new girlfriend, but Mercedes is like, he's still texting me, which leaves the Sam Sadie's fans out here, you know, a little hopeful that maybe someday it's it's not out of the cards by any means. I would say that uh, that we can see those two end up together. But for the time being, uh, you know, they they've always been mature in their time apart. And that was no different here in season six. Um, And then, of course, at the very end, when he takes over the Glee Club and we already talked about how we felt about all that. But that's where he ended up. And, you know, it was a good ending for him, uh, a character that I think a lot of people grew to love over time, whether or not it was, you know, perfect the way that he just kind of slid right into that Finn role that, you know, this was obviously intended for ultimately, Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have their opinions on that, but I think that at least, you know, Cordover Street did the best that he could with this character um, and and they really gave him enough to make me feel good about Sam leaving season six. You know, the, the thing is like with Sam, as long as you just like, don't think too much about season two and season three, (laughs) you'll be fine. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's always going to be my biggest gripe with his character is just like the huge tonal shift once season four hit. It was like, who the hell is this guy? But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. And he did get plenty of gold stars in the past two seasons. So, you know, as he was uh, really hitting his stride there, a lot of uh, it resonated with us. So um, only one gold star in the season. But again, anybody who made it onto the board, I think, uh, you know, is uh, it's a good thing with the little amount of room that there was for stars to really go out here. Um, so that's that. Sam is going to have one star. We'll check in shortly to see how he finishes overall. Um, so we only have a couple of characters left towards the top, but obviously these are the characters that there is a lot more to talk about. I think I'll bounce. I'm not going to go in uh, order of stars at this point. Let's just bounce Sam right over to Coach Beast because Coach Beast is going to finish the season with three gold stars. Uh, that came, one came in episode three, one and uh, two of them came in, of course, episode seven transitioning. So we uh, had a lot of thoughts, of course, as we watched that all play out. I think for the most part, we enjoyed the storyline while still recognizing a lot of the faults with it. Um, a lot of great 
uh, a lot of great things I think both yeah. of us took out from our conversation with Grace in episode seven. Um, so yeah, uh, any what do you got on uh, Coach Beast here? Um, I mean, it's it's definitely like uh, I don't think any of us really see it coming, but I guess that's the point. Is you know, a lot of times in life you don't really see that sort of thing coming because you know people are who they are, and whenever they decide to be whoever they want to be. You know, it's not really, it doesn't really have, it doesn't really work on a specific timeline. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely surprising that they went this route for his character, but, um, I'm glad that it was, it was sort of like one of the things that Glee hadn't touched on quite yet. I mean, they, they Unique was there. And so I guess, I guess that's, that's unfair because they definitely did touch on it with Unique all the way back in season three, but in terms of like transitioning and everything, um, they hadn't really crossed that barrier with unique and they decided to do it with coach beast a a piece of me well how do i say this a piece of me i'm trying to be as respectful as possible like i hope that doesn't offend anybody but a piece of me really liked the idea of this very masculine woman not being gay i sort of liked that Mm -hmm. i I liked that like back when sheldon was shannon said told will i'm not gay you know i do like men like that that's you know mm-hmm. and yeah and shannon would tell will like i'm i'm thank you so much for making me feel like a girl i sort of i liked that dynamic about the character because a lot of people would just automatically assume oh a lesbian so when he did decide to transition it sort of like took the air out of that moment for me but if that's who he is, then that's who he is at the same time. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that they decided to show this evolution of his character. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't disagree with anything of that. It was, um, you know, the, the direction that they had gone in with coach beast all the way up until season five was, or, you know, uh, he was barely in season five, uh, with, uh, you know, all the changes that were happening there. Um, it was a it was a great character, the one that you know, of course, resonated with a lot of fans. I remember when Coach Beast first showed up in season two, I was like, "This is somebody who's going to get a lot of gold stars over the years." In uh, in the same kind of way that uh, Bert Hummel, I would say, is like just a beloved character. Everybody loves Coach Beast. Um, and then when you get to season six, and it's like, yeah, it's that this is life. I mean, you know, maybe we didn't expect it, but that's gonna happen in life. You know, people are gonna come out to you of of all as being all sorts of things that you know you didn't expect, and it's like, what is there to expect or not? That's just kind. Of, right. uh, part of like uh, what we do with growing, uh, you know, you, you learn that as you grow up, uh, you're going to meet a lot of people that maybe not everything was as it seemed to you as you grow up. And that's part of, you know, growing in your in your own sense, being accepting of um, whoever, you know, anybody is. And uh, when somebody comes to you with their truth, you say, OK, I understand. And uh, let's move on forward. There's you know, what's the, what's the difference of, you know, then versus now it's uh, we'll we'll adjust whatever it is to make you feel the most comfortable um, is, you know, is what we're going to do. So, yeah, I we, we did, you know, of course, talk it all out there of uh, feelings and thoughts on how they specifically went down with all of this for the most part seemed to be handled well. But of course, a lot of things that could have been done a little bit better. Um, and of course, you know, the fact that Dot Marie Jones is a cisgender uh, woman who is uh, playing this trans man on television, you know, again, um, not the ideal circumstances, but hopefully, you know, if this were to happen nowadays, I think that would not be the case. And, uh, you know, we, we also talked a lot about Pose at the time uh, of, this, of that episode that, like, it does seem like at least, you know, Ryan Murphy shows are going in the right direction for uh, for representing trans stories on TV. So 
that's Coach Beast um, with three gold stars on the season. And I'm trying to see where to bounce next. And I think if we're doing season six, if we're talking season six strictly, as much as I hate to do it, um, I think the next way to go here is Santana and Brittany. Usually we save them for the end because at least Santana's at the top of the chart. So we wait to get to her. But as much as it breaks my heart, I mean, I'm, I'd be, I'm not being honest if I don't talk about how these two were not the main characters of the season by any means. They were in five episodes, four episodes, if you don't count I Lived when they popped in for five seconds. Uh, so essentially just four episodes of Britannic content this season. Of course, they do finish towards the top of the uh, leaderboard here. Santana is going to get... Uh, so in four episodes, Santana is going to get four gold stars. Um, I think two of them came from me, one of them came from you, and then one of them came from uh, Rosie in episode eight. So uh, lots of love for Santana. And then Brittany ended up with three gold stars, also two from me, one from you. So uh, let's talk some Britanna, season six Britanna. I mean, they were here to get married this season. That was their whole arc. And we got to see finally the resolution between um, Santana and and her abuela after three seasons we're getting that resolution yeah i mean i i enjoy i enjoy getting to know britney's family i like i love the ken jong the jennifer coolidge of it all i'm just such a huge fan of that and i enjoyed watching alma go through what she went through i'm 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 glad that britney was the one that you know sort of like took control of that relationship and and ultimately is the reason that her and her abuela are sort of on speaking terms again. Um, I would have loved to have seen more content between uh, Santana's mom and her abuela. Obviously, there's not a lot of time. So, you know, if this were maybe a 22 episode season, then maybe we would have gotten that. But, you know, I'm, I'm fine with I'm fine with the fact that this was their marriage story. I'm not fine with not understanding where they end up in the end. But with what we got this season, fine, fine. Mm hmm. Yeah, nowhere near enough by any means was it enough for me. It never has been, never will be uh, enough Britanna. These are the two characters that uh, I will beat it into your heads one last time or one last time for today, I guess I'll say, that these are my two favorite characters and that, you know, the show that I've been invested in for six seasons now, um, it's been because of them. Season one, you know, it was a little slower getting there, but um, maybe that's why season one is so low in my rankings. Have I ever thought about that? There's no, uh, no Britanna in season one. So maybe that makes sense, y'all. Uh, season, uh, two through, you know, uh, six all do have Britannic content, but anyway. Um, so yeah, this season of course being all about their engagement in episode three, working down to their planning in episode six, and then the wedding itself in episode eight. Uh, it's just every time that they are there in the episode, there was a big focus on them. At least they got that part right of not just like having them lingering around the school or whatever and having it not be very much like you only had them for these four episodes of, you know, talking about them. Like, we're going to use all that time. Uh, and when episode two was happening, it was, you know, uh, they had like, the Quinn was around and they were able to, uh, you know, they, they went outside and they were recruiting Glee Club members. So it was less so about the relationship. But once we get to um, Jagged Little ta uh, Tapestry and we get that hand in my pocket, I feel the Earth Move mashup uh, and, and then into the engagement, which is oh, so beautiful. And then we get to episode six and we get to uh, Brittany's whole uh, plan to get Abuela over to the wedding. And then we get to Alfie and Santana just opens up completely. And uh, as well in episode eight with the wedding uh, that just, you know, it all accumulates to this beautiful ceremony where everybody is there to show their love for them. And of course, they bring in Clayne as well, uh, who become Endgame, of course. 
course. And uh, we have the double gay wedding that just was tons of fan service, but ultimately to see Britannia tie the knot and to know that they are off happy married and living their best lives together in New York and loving life. That's, that's where I'm happy to know. So Britannia did not get the ending, uh, you know, the full ending they deserved, but in terms of like result oriented, I guess they got the finish that made sense. Yeah, I agree. So, so that's that, uh, definitely not enough songs from them. Uh, Brittany, I think got like two or three. I mean, I guess when you combine it with like Santana stuff, but like Santana only getting that one final solo with Alfie. I hate that, that she only got one song in this season essentially for herself, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do besides complain? Uh, I'll just complain. Beautiful song. Um, so that's Britannia. Let's move over to, let's talk, uh, some Mercedes. Mercedes is on the board here with two gold stars, which came in towards the very end. One came from you in 2009. One came from me in uh, the finale, which I did not expect that I was going to give out. But when I got there, it made sense. I stand by it 100%. And uh, I don't need to rehash everything that I was saying there. If you just listened to that episode, you just heard me say it all. But I think that Mercedes has a great finish to her story she is going to open for beyonce what more could you ask yeah i mean that's the ultimate ending as i ranted and raved in the last episode yeah this was great for her i mean she she came back to help rachel she was there for the wedding um she mentored the kids i guess i mean she you know breaks things off with sam amicably gives Rachel and Sam her blessing. Like, it was just overall just a very pleasant season for her. And then we get to see her in 2009 and really dive deep into her contention with Rachel, which I just, I absolutely loved. So, yeah, fantastic season for Mercedes. Yep. Uh, echoing all the things you just said, it was it was great to see her when we saw her. You know, it, she's Mercedes is never going to be the character out in front, right? Like we we've gotten to that understanding over the years. Luckily, she's been raised a little bit past the point of like being where Tina was or Tina is of like totally ignored. Besides, like a couple of funny lines, like they did start to give Mercedes content in season five, where we saw like a huge spike in gold stars as she uh, got like five in that very small portion of the season. And now here in this season, you know, just getting some love here at the end of just overall appreciation of the character and the fact that they were able to touch on a lot of things that have to do you know a, lo- a lot of the like like the details of of Mercedes' story that they did not touch on earlier in the show like we always knew that yes uh, the, that going to church was important to her and her relationship with her faith was always something that mattered but I really love the look in, in season uh, sorry in episode 12 uh, where we go back in time and we see like this has always been the case like she has always been uh, singing with her church choir and that's always meant so much to her and that's where she started to like develop the confidence in herself to go sing and then Rachel comes by and Rachel's like hmm like you'd be you'll you'll be really good with the uh with the r&b crowd like you'll be uh and then she's like oh no oh no oh no that's not what we're about to do here uh sadly it is what we're about to do here for the next four seasons of those two together but who came out on top i'll say mercedes did so yes i just got picked up for beyonce's world tour bitch yes i love it (laughs) love it love it love it Um, So to bounce right on over, let's talk about our last uh, alumni member here. And of course, that is Rachel Berry. Rachel also finishing the season with two gold stars. And when did those come in? They came in from both of us in the same episode of 
Episode 11, uh, we built this Glee Club, and that was when the New Directions won sectionals, and Rachel had a great episode. Jesse came back, and uh, she figured out what she was finally planning to do. She had the decision all season long, do I do, uh, like, I'm going to New York, but do I do Broadway, or do I do school again? She couldn't figure it out. Sam, her friends, nobody was able to get her quite on track. Jesse comes by and it all starts to make sense, which ultimately leads her back to New York uh, into uh, this new show. Uh, Jane Austen sings. And next thing you know, she's grabbing Tony Awards, thanking Mr. Shoe on stage. Got a baby uh, bun in the oven for Clayne, married to Jesse. It got really, really quick there at the end. But uh, Rachel is, you know, if it's Rachel and Sue, I, I've always said are season six. And uh, yeah, well, thoughts on Rachel here. Yeah, I mean, this is her redemption story she's a brand new Rachel in this in this season uh and I think it's only it's only made more clear once we get back to 2009 and we see just how much she's changed and how much she's grown and she she fucked up at the end of season five she fucked up and her world came crashing down around her and now it was all about trying to find the confidence to get back to herself so she was a lot more sympathetic this season uh, she probably would have gotten more stars had it not been for the plethora of, of other of like new characters and just like other strong character development for um, like Sue and for for Will and for Brittany and Santana and all those people. But yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed watching her this season. It's it's a mature Rachel. It's it's a Rachel that's a little bit more cautious. And I just I think that this season in particular was probably her most formative of them, of them all. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, that Rachel podcast that we do sometime is going to be a long podcast, isn't it? Um, but <laughs> yeah, as far as season six goes, um, you know, she had a couple of songs as far uh, like on that end of things, you know, not as much as I maybe would have expected, but you know, a lot of music with Sam, a couple of solos, uh, you know, she's not in the new directions anymore. So it's hard to just, you know, have her be the front and center of a group number or anything like that. But they still found ways, of course, to get her in there and uh, let her sing a little bit here towards the end. Yeah, I don't really know what else there is to say about Rachel that hasn't been said along the way. We, of course, touch on her in almost every single episode. She is uh, it's Rachel Berry. She's um, she's Rachel Berry, right? Like I'm just I'm I'm like I don't even, I don't know what else there is to say that hasn't been said. Um, the uh, again the end game with Jesse I think is fine. Glad she got her Tony. Of course, it made sense that she was always going to work hard to get there. She went off of her path. That happens to people in life. I understand, you know, not everybody's going to be able to go on the and like the exact course that they want to be on. Um, I certainly, you know, don't think that that was ever the case for me of like, oh, I know exactly what I want to do. I'm going to go get it and never going to stop until I get there. Um, you know, it happens. But she was able to, over time, you know, pick herself back up. She made a pit stop back home along the way, uh, you know, reconnected with a lot of people that mean a lot to her and, you know, put together this Glee Club again that meant a lot to her out of her own pocket, of course. Uh, and yeah, uh, everybody appreciated her being there and was there for her and supported her. And as far as her relationships with all the other kids go, you know, Mercedes and, uh, and, and Sam and whoever else, like all of her friends, Kurt and Blaine and whatnot, obviously that's all still going very well because everybody was there for her and cheering for her when she got her Tony. Um, and I mean, not everybody. I mean, Rachel Berry and Brittany. Jane Austen sings. Woo! I would have loved to have seen Santana's Rachel. reaction to that. Why wasn't she in that scene? I don't understand. I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, like Santana, I mean, like if we want to like, just, you know, guess like she would have been there. I think she would have been supportive. She would have been. I don't think that, you know, 
she's you know she's got Brittany like her life is fine she doesn't need to worry about Rachel anymore <laughs> no that's not good enough that's not good enough I know I don't want to just... just accept Britannia scraps like they <laughs> I know they like get rid of so much for her and like I know like, I know that a lot of it has to do I know this is not like Santana section but I just have to get it off my chest now before you know <laughs> I forget what I'm about to say but I just I just hate that she wants to first, first she wants to be famous at all costs that was season three right and then she doesn't exactly know what that is. So she tries to figure it out in season four. She does some dancing. She does some bartending. And then back in season five, she actually becomes an actress. She becomes a Broadway understudy. And then she's like, you know what? I don't actually want this. I'm done with this. And then we finally seem to land on something that could actually be very, be very interesting in being a publicist. She says she does such a great job with Rachel. And then all of that is gone by season six. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, why can't she? Why can't she be a publicist? Why can't she be an Olivia Pope? That's the, I want to see that Santana. She'd be so good at that. But it's just all about Britney in season six, which is fine, which is great. But why can't we end with something else? And Britney, like, and we don't get shit from Britney either. We're just supposed to accept that she's a genius, and then that means that her life will be fine because she's a genius. What? <sighs> Did you watch the video I sent you yesterday on Twitter? Which one? The alternate ending. No, I didn't. I didn't watch it. Okay, you should. It's uh, it, it's just a fan made video of like you know. I think it was like essentially if they stopped after season three, if the show ended there, and it combined a bunch of clips from season four, five, and six, and it like put together the story of like you know like the it was essentially like the finale being there, but like showing all of the clips of like what happens to them in the future, and like Santana's ending there is that she does become the publicist, uh, and there was like the wedding still happened, but like we get to see all. Of, it's a really good video, and I was like I. I would never trade that one video and that ending for having seasons four, five, and six, but like it was still a fun watch to to be like, oh, this is actually, you know, this is really cute. Um, uh, it was really, really good. I recommend watching it. Maybe I'll tweet it out as well so everybody else can watch it. Um, so that's that. Uh, let's get to the uh, end of these characters that we have to talk about here and wrap things up. We have Will Schuster still to talk about with three gold stars in the season and Sue Sylvester with four gold stars in the season. You pick. Which one do you want to talk about first? And I feel like we can talk about them together. They both got three stars. No, no, no. Uh, Sue got four. Sue got four, and uh, she finishes the season at the top of the leaderboard here, tied with Santana for four gold stars. And then Will is in the tier right below, which is a first for him to finish this high up. Uh, Will, Coach Beast, and Brittany uh, all finished with three. So Yeah. I mean, well, as far as Will is concerned, you know, this is a full circle season for him and the ending that he got, like, he really stuck the landing. It's an, it's an, And he probably got one of the more satisfying endings for any of the characters because of just you know he's sort of been consistent all he wants to do is teach glee that's all that that was his main character motivation from season one all the way to season six and he finds himself in some precarious situations all throughout especially with season six like getting like his dream but it's with kids that he doesn't like but he's getting a lot of money for it so it's like now 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 that you've achieved this goal is it really all that it's cracked up to be and that was like his that was his whole story and he realizes like yeah I, I do want to teach glee and it's nice being paid it's nice being it's nice not having to struggle but at the same time i feel like he realizes like they parted like why he likes it so much is a bit of the struggle is like that it's not always going to be easy and that his character will be tested like he he likes being at mckinley because it's not it's i mean it's it's his home but it's also it's more raw it's more real because you got somebody like sue up in your face 
So I, I appreciate his progression throughout the season. And as far as Sue is concerned, I mean, this was Sue's season. Like, like it was just, <laughs> she does a lot here. All Jane Lynch, all the time. Just, all, all Jane Lynch, the all the time. I mean, the Hurt Locker was just a wild ride, y'all. Like, it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but she pulls it off very well. And <laughs> I just can't get over her. Slapping that girl in the face. I just can't. <laughs> uh, to, uh, to take it chronologically here, because like you said, I think we can kind of tie these characters in together. Um, oh, God. You good? I'm good. Okay. We have uh, episode one is when the first Sue Goldstar came out from you. Uh, we got back to Ohio and we had a lot of time with Sue in that episode and you were excited. You were like, all right, we're here. We're doing it. Season six, lots of Sue incoming and you were uh, in- enjoying that. So we got her on the board there. Of course, both gold stars of ours went to her in episode four, uh, the Hurt Locker part one, because it was like, this is so outlandish. This is so Jane Lynch. This is so Sue Sylvester that like, I get it. I get what they were going for here. They were highlighting the the craziness of Sue Sylvester before it was, you know, before it was done, before where we had no more time left with Sue. So that was fun there as wild as that episode was. And then we get back to Sue, you know, she's, she's there all throughout, but then, uh, you know, once we get to the wedding, of course, how could, uh, you know, the hurt locker that, that leads to the wedding, which apparently was a, a Sue and Brittany plan all along that we were surprised about there, uh, the getting them into the hurt locker, which, uh, I don't know that we need to spend more time rehashing that we, uh, got all of our thoughts out there, but then, uh, we get to the wedding. Sue shows up, bring Santana's abuela back, and that was, uh, you know, a, a big moment for her. She also has, of course, a lot of big moments in episode seven when she is, uh, you know, working with Coach Beast to make sure that he is, uh, you know, able to acclimate back to normal life in the school, uh, trying to do uh, her best to be, you know, supportive with him and all that kind of stuff. So, like I said, every step along the way, Sue is involved. Episode 10, we get to the rise and fall of Sue Sylvester. We know the story that goes down there. Sue is going to be exposed for everything that has gone on all throughout, all throughout her time on the show by no other than Becky Jackson. And it is just a very, it's such an epic episode for, for Jane Lynch there as she's able to just go from top to bottom of like everything that we need to finish exploring with this character. And uh, just, just the expose of it all is incredible. Will, of course, I, I gave him a star there as he um, really, like like I said, he balances Sue out so well. Like, the rise and fall of Sue Sylvester doesn't happen without that that Will Schuster character there to make her the way that she is for all of these years. And, uh, you know, the way that, like, they were getting ready for sectionals and he was there with all the Glee kids and they were all, you know, it seemed it seemed to be, like, clicking a little bit more than usual with him. As And that goes all the way to the end. You know, like you said, he was out with uh, Vocal Adrenaline for a while, ends up leaving them after everything with Coach Beast, comes back to the new directions and then in that very last episode you and I both gave him a gold star as it really is at the end of the day you know he put this club together he built this glee club uh you know he he put in all the fight to get them back together and at the end of the day as as much as we like come down on him for a lot of things that happens over the years and by no means do we take any of that back um it's impossible to not appreciate the impact and effect that he has had on all these kids Mm -hmm. that gets brought up by all of the kids at all times like they always return to thanking him whether it's at a tony speech uh at a you know important life event they come back they visit him and they always you know it's always it's always the same. Yep, I mean he, they're all here because of him. They stand on Mr. Shoes weird ass 
baby man shoulders. Butt chin <laughs> shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, and these two, of course, had, uh, you know, finally uh, a couple of last opportunities to connect via song with the final countdown, and then the winner takes it all there at the end. So the glad they takes uh, it all. I love it. Glad they uh, wrapped up those two stories together. So that is about it for the characters of season six. And uh, yeah, any uh, any last thoughts from you as far as the characters go? I mean. I mean, I, that's an in, it's an interesting lineup. It's it, I think it's like probably the most one of the more unique ones. Uh, but season six is a very unique season, so it, I think it all lines up. It tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is this the moment we've been waiting for, or does nobody care in terms of getting the uh, the overall gold star rankings? Do you care? Do we care? I care. I mean, I kind of care, but I think I kind of know too. So. You kind of know. Well, there's like, you know, even if you know what the time is. I feel like there might be a few shuffling spots, so it'll be interesting to see where everything Mm -hmm. lands, but I think we get a general gist, at least the people that have been paying attention, yeah. All right. So I will start at the bottom, and I will list off a million names here just to tell you who made it onto our gold star list, and uh, apologies if you're bored. I mean, if you're bored, actually, no, I don't apologize. You can just skip ahead Uh, a couple, like 30 seconds, or not 30 seconds, a couple minutes, and uh, we'll be done with this, but... The Gold Stars. We have 53 characters that got Gold Stars on this show. There's more characters, but not everybody made it onto the list. So, from the bottom, we have, with one Gold Star apiece, Sunshine, Harmony, Terry, Marley Rose, Millie Rose, Brody, Lord Tubbington, (laughs) Isabel, (laughs) Sebastian Smythe, Joe Hart, Bichet, Maggie Banks. Yes, Bichet. <laughs> April Rhodes down here with one, the injustice of it all. Uh, oh, Jane fucked. Hayward, <laughs> Roderick, Madison McCarthy, Daryl, Jesse St. James, Dave Karofsky, Mike Chang robbed as hell with Fuck. only one gold star. Fuck. And Roz Washington. Yeah. Mike got his one gold star in season three. And then it was probably was from it. me. You didn't give it to him, did you? It was for Asian F. Probably. And April's one gold star was from me, I think. So hmm. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Just love that Lord Tubington as a star. <laughs> I know you do. And I, I appreciate it as well. I'm glad we did that. Or you did that. Uh we have characters that have two gold stars. Star Child, Ryder Lynn. Mason McCarthy, Sugar Mata. Sounds good to me. With three gold stars, Dr. Carl, who got them all in the same one episode, but still has three. <laughs> wow, we were thirsty. Lauren Zices. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Lauren Zices, uh, Rory Flanagan, and Shelby Corcoran with three gold stars. Oh, Rory. Rory. With four gold stars, Jake Puckerman, Kitty Wilde, Carol Hudson, unique that sounds about right no surprises there yeah four gold stars pretty good we're getting towards like the uh that's like the top like like four pretty much like looking at the chart is like the top of like the you didn't need to get this many stars but like you got them so you're good for you um you know whatever uh the next level up five gold stars a man that sits on a level of his own bert hummel five gold stars there okay i like that right above him two characters sit holly holiday and Noah Puckerman with six piece. Mm. Holly got a lot of love, a lot of love from us. 
And right above them, a character who would have been pretty much on that tier, if not for those last minute gold stars, Will Schuster, with seven gold stars in his own tier as well. Okay. So. Okay. Okay, Will. Will could have done much worse, let's say. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> seven is beyond what uh, what he should have expected or could have hoped for. So seven gold stars for Will. The next tier up, it is uh, three characters with eight gold stars apiece, and I feel like this is a good tier here. I stand this tier. Coach Beast, Becky Jackson, Emma Pillsbury. <laughs> Coach Beast, Becky Jackson, Emma Pillsbury. What a trio. What a trio. What a trio, indeed. Uh, Coach Beast and Emma, you know, being like those two, like, you know, shining lights of like McKinley faculty uh, and then Becky. So love. I love that tier. The uh, eight gold star getters sitting directly above Will. (laughs) They certainly are. Uh, The tier above that with nine gold stars apiece. We have three people here, all from the class of 2013. We have Artie Abrams, Tina Cohen Chang and Blaine Anderson. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Blaine, Blaine also kind of feels like he should be lucky to get the nine that he has. Uh, Artie and Tina being around from the very beginning. Like, it sucks to not see them hit the double digits, but it's fine. They were very close they there. They were almost uh, there. You know, almost if there. If season six had been more kind to them, then they probably would have been, but. And, like, tell me that doesn't represent their characters as, like, a whole. That they, like, were so close. Nine gold stars just couldn't quite crack into the ten. My you know? name is Tina Cohen Chang, and you don't care. <laughs> um, and so essentially, that was like a three-way tie for tenth place, essentially, because um, the rest of the characters are all like we're about to hit number nine, I guess. Uh, so that was essentially tenth place there. So the top ten that has more than ten people, but whatever. Um, right above that tier of Artie, Blaine, and Tina with nine gold stars, there is one man that has ten gold stars, and that is Finn Hudson, who sits at ten stars. And of course, um, no surprises there. He uh, built them up along the way. Yeah, and, yeah. He was on. He was on his way, but unfortunately, you know, things mm-hmm. got cut short. And I, I love to see him at his own tier as well. Like, I think that works. I think that makes sense. I'm glad he, you know, I don't know. I, I, not that it would have been the worst thing, but if he was like blended in with that tier of like Artie, Blaine, and Tina, I don't know. Just I feel like he deserves to be where he is at uh, 10 gold stars. There is a bit of a jump between Finn and the next person up. Finn has 10. The next person up has 14 gold stars, and that is Sam Evans. So fitting that these two characters are back to back here. But, together, yeah. Very fitting. Yeah. Very fitting there. Sam Evans comes in there in, uh, I guess that would be eighth place with 14 gold stars. Right above them is a very, another very iconic tier as we have. Uh, somebody made a, a little bit of a slip here, but this could have gone so much worse for her over time. We have three characters that have 15 gold stars apiece. And that would be, it's a, it's a, it's a very Cheerio heavy tier. We have Sue Sylvester, we have Brittany S. Pierce, and we have Quinn Fabray. <laughs> perfect <laughs> right i love that i would say britney deserves better but like as far as the you know it's it's fine i, mean, I, I, I can live with this a good number i know i know i just like she is like she she is so many people's like favorite character and whatnot i wouldn't have been surprised to see her higher but in terms of like britney moments and britney episodes go you know it's it's not that common that the entire episode is around her enough to where you would give her a gold star but there obviously were because she made 15 of them so love it um this tier is good so i'm, I'm happy with this tier sue Brittany, and quinn 
You were worried about Quinn. You thought that she might fall a lot, remember? But uh, really not not a big fall. No, not a fall. Well, I guess not. Well, I would have to hear the rest of them, but I'm, I'm assuming not. Right. Yeah, well, because she, she had originally been, I think, in uh, like like locked in at like fourth place under that top three. Um, so she's no longer exactly there, but, you know, very close. Um, so Quinn, uh, Brittany, and Sue with f- uh, 15 gold stars each, uh, a three-way tie for fifth place, essentially, I guess. Um, right above them... With 16 gold stars in fourth place overall, Miss Mercedes Jones. Yes, Mercedes. Go off, queen. You better get your stars. (laughs) Would have been hard to crack that top three. We've been uh, tracking the top three for a while now. No surprises that it didn't really end up changing very much, but Mercedes ends up with uh, fourth place all to herself. And honestly, looking back at it, what pushed her to that point rather than being involved in that Cheerios tier was that last gold star that I gave her in episode 13. So that little final push oh, you, actually did her in. You pat in pockets. Yeah. You pat, you, uh, you, uh, rigging the game, Matt. <laughs> Please. I, if I was ringing it, then Brittany would have been number one, but <laughs> anyway, um, or at least number two. So Mercedes makes her way up to fourth place. Love that for her with 16 gold stars right above her. Kurt Hummel, of course, 19 gold stars on the series. No surprise much. No, not much surprise. A consistent character always is going to get some love throughout the seasons. And then let's rip off the uh, final bandaid here. Top two characters are, of course, in second place. With 21 gold stars, Rachel Berry. And in first place, with 26 gold stars, Santana Lopez. Yep. I mean, I remember originally I'd given... I hadn't given a star to Santana originally during the first set of recordings for season six, but switched one of mine to her. But even if I had stuck with Britney, it wouldn't have made much of a difference. So... (laughs) Well, Brittany would have been on that tier with Mercedes. That would have been the case. Or she would have been higher. Uh, yeah, sure. It's okay. It's okay. Sure. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, this this uh, this all ended up uh, working out for us. But yeah, like I said, no surprises there. Santana ending up at the uh, top spot with 26 gold stars overall. Um, you know, looking down the list, like <laughs> you could add... Uh, a Coach Beast plus a Becky Jackson plus an Emma Pillsbury and still not reach a Santana. You could add a Jake Puckerman, a Kitty Wild, a uh, Holly Holiday, a Will Schuster. Still hard to equal a Santana Lopez. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll play a game one of these days and we'll do some math equations to break down uh, what you would need to get to these gold star levels. Not actually. But yeah, that's it. That's that. Any final thoughts on there? Santana 26, Rachel 21, Kurt 19, Mercedes 16, and then... All the way, you know, going down the list. I mean, the NY3 really become a huge part of the show from season four and into like pretty much to the end. So it's no surprise mm-hmm. that those uh, those are the three that are up there. So, yeah, you you have Rachel and Kurt that were like the intended stars of the show. And then you have Santana at the very top who became the star of the show. I mean, yep. um, but how many people have come through here? It's not just me, of course, that, have you know, come through here and who's your favorite character? It's Santana. It's Santana. It's Santana. If I, if I tallied it up, it would probably be about 75%, if not more of people that responded that, uh, you know, when they came on to talk to us. New Santana so, no Lopez surprise. is right. Or Santana Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> did Brie make the list? I don't think Brie got a gold star. Well, no, neither did, okay. neither did Figgins. <laughs> neither did Figgins. Oh man. Uh, when would he have gotten a star? Mm, he probably he was he was more sympathetic in season one. 
that's like when he was least like egregious. So it would have been some, well, yeah. somewhere in season one. Maybe when Sue was blackmailing him, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. He's been there all the way. Yeah. Sad he never was able to make his way to the board, but I'm sure he's not the only one. We'll uh, probably come up with a couple of other names over time that did not get a gold star. But that's that. I'm sure uh, this won't be the last time you're hearing of the gold stars. I don't know. It'll uh, come back into factor one way or another at some point. But that is that for now. And let's move into the final segment of the Glee Cap, which is, of course, going to be Aman and I picking our favorite songs from the season, our top 10 are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, then I will hand it over to you as always. You can uh, kick us off here and tell us your top 10 songs from season six, baby. Yeah, so it was um, it was easy um, to put this together. Well, I mean, there were a few things where I was like, ah, a few rearrangements. But I don't think it'll be that surprising to, to you guys, like, which songs sort of end up towards the top. Um, but I, you know, the, number 10 is a New Directions number because I found myself not really having a New Directions number. And I was like thinking to myself, out of all the ones that they did this season, which one do I really like the most? And it's actually going to go to Chandelier. I think that they sound very good on this song and they change it enough so that it's a little different from like the pop Sia radio version. Um, there's a lot of like added harmonies and layers to it. I also just love the fact that it's a song that is led by Kitty, Madison, and Jane. I like that it's female-led, and those are the only girls in the entire group because the Warblers are here at this point as well. So yeah, I thought that that was a really nice number for all of them. And just, you know, the absurdity of Myron and and Spencer on the chandelier. Actually, like, where the fuck did they get it? But okay, yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> number nine. It was a rock lobster. We were at a party. Y'all, listen. I love the new, like, listen. Vocal Adrenaline killed it this season. They did. They gave us so much shit this season. It was so good. It was so good. And I know that I gave this song some flack because it's like, Clint is not really singing, but his voice just like they they cho- they curated all of the songs around that guy's voice. What's his name again? George Mason Mason George whatever the fuck is Max Max George Max George. There it is. They 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 curated the songs for him, and it paid off because there are I've got some new I've got some vocal adrenaline shit on my uh <laughs> on my uh top ten. I don't think this was even your your favorite vocal adrenaline song, which is why I was like, oh, there's going to be another one coming. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, but this isn't funny. I mean, this, I mean, this isn't surprising. <laughs> this is funny. This is not surprising uh, because you had vacation last season, which I'm, you know, still wondering about. But okay, it's so good. Don't <laughs> fucking come for me. Look, look. Okay, the, the later seasons are strange. Okay, they're just strange. Um, but yeah, I love Rock Lobster, and I love fucking Becky dancing in that lobster suit, like. <laughs> it's just like where did she get it why does she have it i just i love it um number eight can you keep up baby boy then you lose my breath i love this number so much i had to give myron his credit i had to pay him his streams because this number is just over the top outrageous she he has these fucking voluptuous ass dancers in these golden ass latex type bodysuits, killing it up there, and he's like 
ripping off his clothes, smacking his little 13-year-old ass. The whole, like, Sue is just, like, dumbfounded. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I just... I mean, this, this, this number is season six to me. It's just crazy. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it so much. Um, number seven? Yeah, number seven. Yes. Back to Vocal Adrenaline. Far from over. I yeah, love this song so much. Can you please text me later and remind me to go back and rewatch it so I can It's look so for- fun. It's just like, it gives, you know what it gives me? It gives me like, that whole sequence, that whole scene gives me like, um, I'll make a man out of you tease. Like, it's just, okay. it's the... It's the I'm about to like I'm I am changing I am I am about to be stronger than ever before I am I am a new Sue Sylvester and it's so interesting because it's like a person that you would seemingly root against but that song and the way that they shot it and her burning the voodoo doll version of herself and getting rid of all the shit in her hurt locker and the intricate choreography and her like really picking uh vocal adrenaline up from their ashes like i just i love it i love it so much like i just uh, uh, and once again clint yes yes <laughs> number six take on me take on me take on me take i feel like me. i've explained it enough i mean it's a song that convinces me that i was born in the wrong decade and i love the glee version of it number five it's too late now, it's too late now. We really we did, did try to make, try to make it. it. Somewhere inside, Somewhere inside is, dying. is dying. I can't hide it, I just I can't fake it. it. One of the best Clay duets ever. Just, I love it. I mean, it's, it, it, yes, I love it. And they end up at the piano at the end, and it's just, it just sounds so great for both of them like Darren sounds beautiful Chris sounds beautiful it just sounds so great in there both their voices love it mm-hmm. love it still no still no Rachel I'm I'm anticipating I'm wonder okay keep going number four oh baby when I see your face yellow as a month of May oh darling I can't stand it when, when you, you look, look at, at me, me. That way. Oh, this song just makes me happy. I mean, it's the last song before Santana proposes. It's the proposal song, y'all. It's so, it's just, I love it. I love it. They're so in love. And they just, they're just happy and they radiate sunshine. What it all comes down to, my friend, is that everything's going to be fine, fine, fine. Because I got one in my bucket and the other one's playing up in your nose. I mean, it's just an unlikely mashup. tumbling down. Yes, I love it. Number three. When you get caught between the moon and New York City. I told you I wasn't going to be a surprise. Because all these songs are like either the Jacket Little Tapestry or fucking... Mm-hmm. Bird Packer Yep. <laughs> um, th- I like look, I strongly encourage you guys to go ahead and listen to the song again. Listen to the album version, not the show version, because the shit that Blaine and Blaine and Artie be doing at the end of the song is just beautiful. And of course I gotta give a special shout out to Mason. Just 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love it. All right. Number two, Alfie. I mean, I think I did a pretty good job of explaining how much this song means to me back when we covered it. And for it to be Santana's final performance in the show, uh, I, it's just, mm, it just gets me in my feels each and every time. Mm-hmm. Number one. No Rachel, because <laughs> I know what your number one is. No Rachel on the list. Okay. I don't know why there would have to be, but. No Rachel. No Rachel. <sighs> Can I sing it with you? Can we start? Can we all at the same time? What part are you going to sing, though? Will you still love me tomorrow? Tomorrow. Hey, yeah. Oh, I had no I had no I love this choice, song so much. But it's to so hear good. you, you it's stated so your case. Time and again, I thought about oh. it. Yeah. yeah. Tonight with words unspoken When the night When the night the morning I've already won me over <laughs> In spite of me Don't be alarmed if I fall Head over Head feet. over feet Don't be surprised if I love you all that you For all that all you, you are, are. yeah <laughs> i love this song so much it's so good their voices are so good of course i mean my number one song had to go to mason y'all i didn't i didn't been slobbering all over this guy for the whole fucking season like i mean it just it just is what it is it's just it's perfect it's great it's i sing it all the time everywhere i just love this song so much <laughs> And that's my top 10. Let's start from the top and let's just uh, sing that whole song and then we can get to mine. Um, all right. <laughs> Sounds good. No surprises there. Um, looking up and down your list, I, I fully expected a bunch of these selections. So, yeah, I mean, it's season six. I mean, we're in the era of like, you know, good songs, but not the best that there is to offer. I don't know. Whatever. Still a lot of good stuff here and uh, a couple of crossovers between the two lists. So we'll get to that. Did you have any honorable mentions that you couldn't squeeze onto your list? Um, What the World Needs Now, honorable mention. I, d- I loved A Thousand Miles Between Sam and Rachel. Um, I also, it was it was hard for me to choose between Rock Lobster and Whip It, so I guess Whip It has to get an honorable mention. I I kind of wanted to just make them both number nine. I was I was like, can we just like make them one song? But like, no, I don't do that. But yeah, I love Whip It as well. I love We Built This City from them as well. Like, it's just so great. Yeah, um, Mickey, they were, they were vocal adrenaline kills it. They killed it this season. They really did. Um, Come and sail away. Uh, a piece of me wanted to like get a little let it go love in there but like yeah nah. like i really didn't need that i really did not need it but like don't like you guys waited too long for me to like to give me my disney oats with glee like you waited till (laughs) season six like no i just kind of felt like pandering at that point and problem between the unholy trinity okay i think that's about it though let me get into my list I will kick us off here again. No top 20 this time. I know. Everybody be proud. I'll, I'll wait till you guys finish your round of applause. Uh, just a top 10. A couple of honorable mentions, but of course, well, th- that's aside. All right. Number 10, Kurt Hummel, Mr. Cellophane. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just think I'm too funny, so I have to get my cheap jokes out. Um, all right. 
Real number 10. Ha ha ha. Number 10. One you just mentioned, the unholy trinity singing Ariana Grande's problem. Episode two. You're going to notice that pretty much all of my songs are either from the first three episodes or the last three. Uh, I don't think there's anything in the middle, which doesn't surprise me at all. So number 10 is Problem with the Unholy Trinity, as well as Artie, of course. Uh, I I love uh, Unholy Trinity numbers, uh, you know, right off the bat. But when they are good and they sound incredible and we get some fun Cheerios choreography in there, it was just a great time all around. I am a big, big fan of that number. Number nine was not on your list. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even realize. Daydream Believer. It was it was that's another honorable mention. It was it was on my list, but it got pushed off. Man. Wow. Okay. Daydream Believer. Kurt and Blaine. Honestly, if you asked me before this season, that might have been number one or two. Um, not that I came down on it at all or by any means, but like, you know, as I like look through back, look back through the list, it just uh, ended up with the eight songs that I ended up putting above it. But, um, I still am such a big fan of that cover between the two of them. Uh, I don't have, it's too late on my list. So this is my clean, uh, song for, for the list here. I am just a really big fan of this one. I think they sound great together and it's just so fun. Like you said, uh, when we talked about it, when the kids come in and just everybody's, uh, singing together, it's really good there. So daydream believer comes in at number nine. Number eight, um, a song that you had on your list. I, I have it a little lower, not because I don't like it or anything. Just it landed a little lower, of course. Um, Santana and Alfie. It is one that I have come to appreciate so much more, yes, just yes. from just from hearing it more times. It's it's a, a solo from Santana that never really resonated with me until I sat down with it more and like thought about it and heard the words that she was saying and just let you know. I'm I'm always drawn to Glee music that I know already like songs that i've already heard before or anything like that so like a slower song like this um you know that i didn't know i was like okay like she sounds great but it took a while for me to come around and connect with it but i'm glad that i'm finally here with that and uh you know maybe it'll even rise as time goes on uh up up this list but for now it sits here at number eight uh santana and alfie Number seven, you mentioned it as an honorable mention, but it made its way up to number seven on my list. The New Directions singing Come Sail Away. Come sail away. Come sail. It's, come it's, sail away. Come sail away with me. It's the yes. closing number that they have at the uh, sectionals that, of course, ends up winning it for them. Mason starting this off and then Madison comes in as well. You know, a lot of love for Mason uh, between the two of our lists here. Um, Mason and then, you know, Kitty and uh, Spencer come in with a little bit there. And then we get a, it's, it's so much fun. We get, you know all the new directions uh, on the stage with uh, the, the warblers are doing a lot of choreography. It's just a really, really fun number that gets my blood pumping. So I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, and that's my only new directions representation there. I uh, honorable mention to uh, the new directions singing rise back in episode 10 when they had like the, when they all got their uh, new uniforms, the new blazers blazers. Yeah. It didn't make my list, but honorable mention to that one. I only picked one new directions cover number six. Homecoming episode, it is Home Itself. Uh, Not Home Itself, you know, Home, the song Home. Um, With everybody (laughs) at the end of that episode as uh, Alabama, Arkansas, I do love my my empire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do love you. That is a good one. It gives me such such autumn energy. Like I want to go to a football game. I want to go to a 
I want to go to a, a like a a, a a bonfire or some shit. <laughs> well, holy moly, me oh my, you're the apple of my eye. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. You get a lot of people singing in on that song. Like everybody contributes to that. Everybody, um, the new kids, the alumni. And even like all of the alumni, like everybody gets a little bit of a solo in there. And I, it's just so mm-hmm. good. Like you said, that, that feeling that like the homecoming, the fall feeling, I love that so much. And I could watch that over a million times. Like that's like, that's like, you know, Glee, like every performance that Glee does is like a music video in its own, but like that is like a music video. Like that is, is, is like a full on music video. And I love watching the entire mm-hmm. thing. And uh, that's great to me. So um, that's that. Number five, Rachel, and Jesse, listen to your heart. Episode eleven. As Jesse returns, and um, I've made it clear how much I love those Rachel and Jesse duets. Uh, so no surprise, I'm sure, to anybody that this is going to end up here. Uh, as Rachel's singing to herself on stage, Jesse comes in out of nowhere, and then you know, I don't know where you're going, and I don't know why. Listen to your heart. <laughs> It's good. It's so yes. good. It's so good. Number four it was on your list as well, of course. Uh, Take on me, new directions in episode two. I feel the same way that you do. It's like, what else do I have to say? We ranted and raved about it back then. It is just so much fun. So much fun. As they are running through the halls of McKinley, all of them are back except for Mike Chang and uh, you know, of course, uh, Finn. But um, everybody that is able to be there is there. Uh, it's just so much fun. The outfits when they're in the cafeteria, singing and dancing all around, the drawing aspect of it all. You know, to recreate the original video and running through the hallways and Sue Sylvester pushing them to the side and uh, drawing themselves in and out of trouble. There, it's just so so good. Um, love that one. Number three is your number one. Will you still love me tomorrow? Head over feet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh top three. Couldn't, couldn't squeeze it into the number one or two spot, but will you still love me tomorrow? Head over feet for all the reasons that we were just singing about. It's just incredible stuff there from, uh, Billy Lewis jr. And Samantha Ware. really, really good stuff there. And, uh, glad that exists. Number two was also on your list. Hand in my pocket. I feel the earth move. Brittany and Santana. So, you know, uh, episode three, um, I, I think I ended up picking them both mm-hmm. as my favorite song and no surprise there because they both ended up in the top three overall. So um, that's that tells you that I was being sincere when I could not pick. Uh, same thing for episode two when I couldn't pick between Take On Me, Home and uh, Problem and they all ended up in my top ten. So, again, no surprise there. And Amon, what is my number one song of season six? Oh my god, I don't know. Um wait, it's obvious but I can't think of what it is. Um I owned every do? second that this world could give oh, so duh. many places and things that I did and with See, every that shit broken bone <laughs> I swear I lived whoa, really number one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, let me let me not shame you. You love that song. With every broken boat, <laughs> okay. Now, now I'm ruining it. Really, number one. Really, number one. Look, I rewatched all of my top ten just to confirm which spots were which, and I would be lying to myself if I didn't put "I Lived" at number one because it 
pulls, I, I said this already, it pulls all of the emotion out of me. I feel it's not just crying that it comes out. It's like these like, holy shit, like everyone is here. And I, and, and I don't, well, I don't want to rehash all of that stuff from the last episode here, but um, I just really, really love the final number that they do and uh, with everybody there. And it's just, it's my number one of the season. It is. So that's what I've got. You're right. You uh, mad at me? It's fine. I'm not mad at you. You love that song. I can't. You know that you love the song. It's your fucking song. (laughs) That's imagine we just get to the end and that's what breaks us. I lived. Yeah. But that's that. That is my top ten. That is my favorite songs of the season. Um, I already talked about my honorable mention to uh, the New Direction singing "Rise." Honorable mention to Rachel Berry in episode one, "Uninvited." I love that cover. I think she sounds great mm, on it. That's a good one. And then I know you don't really like it a whole lot because I also like granted I don't know the actual version of this song. Like I don't know the original, I should say. Um I know this is like a lot of people especially you or no sorry, including you, uh think this song is like too poppy, but suddenly Seymour, I love the way that Rachel and Blaine sound on it. So, you know, it was uh, very close. I don't, to I don't have a problem with that song. I, I okay. love Little Shop of Horrors. Like Little Shop of Horrors is like one of my favorite musicals. So I love it. I mean, it's just, it's not, you know, it's like, I mean, they're, they're fine. Like I don't, like, it's not really replacement level when it comes to like the Rick Moranis and Ellen Green version or even the uh, Hunter Foster and Ellen Green version or Kelly, whatever the hell that girl's name is that plays Audrey. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun. I like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, honorable mention to, um, cause when you're thinking of how great true love <laughs> is, all you gotta do is hold her and squeeze her and love her. Yeah, just do it. And after you do, you will be hers. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely an honorable, honorable mention to that uh, as well for me. Um, episode six. Yeah, there's a lot of good music in there. I know you are a big fan of a lot of it. Um, I only had Alfie on there for my list, but I, you know, have definitely grown on uh, a lot of them have grown on me. Uh, so that's that. I also wanted to quickly touch on if anybody hasn't seen this clip, I wonder if I'll include it here. Maybe I will. I think I will. Uh, the clip of the series rap for all of the characters, um, or, or sorry, all the actors, uh, when they, you know, cut the show and they uh, close things out on that final day of filming. I just wanted to kind of touch on it here because it makes me so sad. Every time I watch it, they're all crying. Um, and I'll include the clip Actually, hold on. Ready? Let's do this. Here is the clip of that. Ready? Right now. This is the last day of principal photography. This is it. So emotions are pretty tender today. I'm just trying to take in as much as possible. And thanks, guys, for all the good years. I gotta read this list. For several people today, it's their it's their last day. So. You know, we had what we call series rap. Series rap on Beckett-Tobin. So many of our cast members have come in and out so quickly. It was sort of this, like, tease. This time, it's it's really over. Series rap on Cordover Street. It feels like it's back in season two with everybody here. And it's like, now it's at the end of the show. Series rap on Derek Chris. You know, it was a nice feeling to know that we accomplished all this. Now it's time to let it go and, and move on, even though we've built this incredible family. This is one massive 
dream come true. It's not like high school, but it's like, you know, you're moving on to something else. At the end of the day, you're leaving and you're just like, oh my god, like this is just so important and so special. What's really wonderful about it is watching everyone, and they understand that their lives were immeasurably changed. I'm going to miss seeing everybody every day, the crew, the cast. I couldn't be more proud of everyone here. Rachel said, we passed the legacy on, and we really, we won. It's been a real honor, and I can't believe it's over. I will have this series to show my kids one day. Sue Sylvester saw the Glee Club originally as a place where cowardly losers go to sing away their troubles, and then she learned otherwise that it's a place where people can come and feel safe and accepted and loved. It's a place where you have like the, the arms of love around you. That's how I see it. That's how Jane sees it. So yeah, everybody's crying. And uh, you know, it's like hard to, I'm sure it's hard to, to visualize, or I don't know, you should go back and watch the video itself. But um it's just very sad as everybody gets their final uh, series wrap for Chris Colfer, for Leah Michelle. And it's like, oh, they're done. They're done. Yeah, it makes done. me sad. It depresses me. It makes me think of all the other shows that I've left. <laughs> yeah. It's so sad. They're done. And we're essentially done, but we're not done. We ain't done. You're not getting rid of us that quickly. So. That's it for this Glee cap. Uh, in your feeds, you will notice the very next episode up is going to be what's next. I don't know if it's titled that, but basically the next podcast up is uh, us talking about what is next for the choir room. So fear not, we are not going anywhere. And if you want to know exactly what we are going to be up to just uh, next, then go get out of here and click play. And we'll see you guys with uh, with what's next. Alrighty then. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Choir Room. Um, make sure that you are following us at Choir Room Pod on Twitter. You can follow us individually. I'm at Amon Adwin. Matt's at Matt Ligori. Make sure that you leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast. We'll read them aloud on the show. Anything else? We do have one new review from Z Swaps. And the uh, review says, so fun, so glad I found this, started a rewatch, and then I found this podcast, so I've been catching up. I love Amon's musical theater takes and Matt's Santana love. All the feels, too. Awesome to gleek out with these two. So uh, shout out to uh, Z-Swaps getting the review in right at the end here of this, uh, you know, first section of choir room coverage. Uh, appreciate all the love of the, uh, you know, any reviews that you guys have left. Uh, of course, we mentioned it last time as well, but if anybody wants to donate to the podcast to help keep the lights on around here we would greatly appreciate it paypal.me slash choir room podcast um, make sure that you uh, let us know your thoughts and anything else if you have any ideas um, I'm sure I'll say this again but if you have any ideas for anything you want us to do let us know let us uh, reach out uh, lots of your ideas have turned into podcasts before 
so it wouldn't be the first or last time. So uh, let's do it. Let's uh, let's make it all happen. But that's all we got for today, and we'll see you guys soon. All right. See you later, guys. <laughs>